You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Monday. After this Root Bowl is set, of course, presented by BetMGM. But it wasn't the only thing going on this weekend. It wasn't just the NFL. We had a big college hoops weekend. We also had a gigantic uh, NBA MVP battle, potential MVP battle, in Philadelphia on Saturday after. So we'll get to that. We can start college hoops, though, as uh, it was the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And Big 12 goes 7-3 and three in the 10 games, 5-5 five and five ATS, but 7-3 and three straight up. Uh, we heard some, the, the call there by uh, Dan Schulman. I mean, Kansas goes into Kentucky and wins. Oklahoma wins outright as a six and a half point dog against Bama. That was that was a little bit surprising, just considering how good Bama's been this year. Tennessee, big favorite, they win. They cover all the numbers, so it was interesting. Uh, Paul's West Virginia team wins, so there's life there uh, for West Virginia. But the Big Twelve, I don't think any of us are surprised. They beat the SEC this weekend. Ranked teams going, yeah, I know a lot of ranked teams going down. Over the weekend, you mentioned Bama there, but also in that 10 to 10 to 15 range, almost all of them lost. Uh, Texas went against Tennessee, so that's a little bit different, much, much tougher challenge. But TCU 11, Iowa State 12, Xavier 13, Auburn 15, all of them end up losing. So, I mean, that's it's it's what we constantly talk about, and a lot of times in that situation, you assume that would be an upset. No, not not all the time, uh, and we go over how valuable home court is uh, in that, and that explains some of it. But um, yeah, a lot of those uh, those teams in the ten to fifteen range all seem to go down over the weekend. So that that certainly stood out. Yeah, and I thought just the Big Twelve. We've been talking about it. I think you're muted, Aaron. There you go. Go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, after Saturday, the old mute button gets me on a Monday. Uh, I was thinking, gosh, I wonder if you had just taken the underdogs against these ranked teams, you know, where you would be ATS. I don't know if that would have been a thing, but it, gosh, it just seems like there is so much parity this year. Oh, we've been saying that for a few weeks now, right? It just doesn't feel like there's a great team in college basketball. Purdue might be the closest thing, and I don't think any of us trust Purdue. Yeah, yeah. I just don't trust that team. So it's open. But I think the Big 12 keeps standing out to us, right? We've brought that up multiple mm-hmm. times the last couple of weeks. And I'm not surprised they won seven of these 10 games at all. Like It's the best conference in the, no. in the country right now. No, that, that's what's going to be so fascinating. Is that the way it's going to play out once we get to the tournament? Where mm-hmm. Big 12 or they just beating each other up all season long and then they're just going to be spent after full se- months and months of games. You know, what sort of mismatches are we going to see? Because, you know... Those rosters are also built for the Big 12. They do that with a purpose. Right. But then when you branch out against different styles, uh, is it going to be as successful? Uh, th- that's going to be one of the more fascinating things to watch uh, as we get closer and closer to March. And, and a couple of good Big 12 uh, matchups tonight as well. Uh, also over the weekend, though, Joe G, your neck of the woods, Embiid v. Jokic. I think we quickly mentioned this on Friday that may – 
maybe, maybe a small sample size of one, but maybe this this matchup would have something to do with the MVP race. I was not expecting the move that we saw. So Embiid gets the best of Jokic, 47 and 18 in a win. Jokic close to triple double like usual, 24, 8, and 9, but Embiid with the, the better performance and the victory. And Jokic goes from like, was it going too far? You know, with so much season left. Jokic minus 160 at one book to after to the reaction to that one game. He's not minus money anymore at some spots. I see him as high as plus 115. So Jokic, still the favorite, but now he's plus money. And from what I can tell, it was all based on uh, that game against Sixers. Total overreaction. I mean, Embiid outplayed him. Embiid outplayed him. He, He was the better player on Saturday. He was incredible. But isn't this an overreaction for the market? Joel Embiid is the second favorite now, and it's close. It's like the Sixers have a tough schedule down the stretch. They play again in Denver in March. Who do we think gets the best that night? Don't, don't just logic tell us that's probably a Jokic okay. night in Denver. That's the yeah, Jokic. so like yeah. if, if you believe in Jokic's season, you're getting plus money now for the MVP, which I don't know if that was, you know, when that was coming back. So it's, it's kind of interesting. You could jump on Jokic now and feel pretty good about it. I don't yep. know. I, don't, I, th- I think I would pass on it, though, at plus 150. Plus 115. But I'm saying so, he was just minus 160. Right. I, I know, and but then, I, I don't think I would be interested in betting it at plus 115. No, I'm not betting it. I, I wouldn't bet anybody NBA MVP at about even money. <laughs> not, not with months left. But, so, it, but both can be true. It's also an overreaction. Yes. So where's the value now? I mean, you could say it's a little bit on Jokic compared to where it was last week. The Embiid value just disappeared because he's the second favorite now. I mean, Giannis is still 14 to 1. He had a 50 point game last night. Giannis is 14 yeah. to 1. His team is two and a half back to, in the East. Yep. Four, 14 to 1. 12 to 1. At. Still double digits. The... Yep. I, I feel like I have this conversation every single year. Giannis is not get the respect. I mean, he, he does when you talk about him being a great player, but a lot of times when it comes down to the odds, he's always the guy in the MVP's conversation to me that seems to always have the most value. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why that is. I don't know. Yeah. If he's playing in Chicago, out. is yeah. he yeah. much further up? Uh, good question. Because I'm the same guy that says in the NBA that doesn't matter as much as it does in other sports because we've seen superstars in small markets like when KD and Russ were in Oklahoma City. That didn't seem to matter a whole lot. Um, we're talking about Jokic in Denver. That's not one of the big markets. And he, he could win uh, third straight MVP. But it would help. It would help a little bit. He's likable. I, I don't understand what people don't like about him. The numbers are there. The record is there. He's yeah. I don't get it. So, here's a question for you guys: in a, in a what could be a close race, if not Jokic, do you think games played are going to matter? Because Tatum and Luca play every game. Giannis has missed some time, and Bede misses time. Is that mm-hmm. going to be a, a, a tiebreaker? Ja. Because, ja. Right, if, you, Oof, if you're looking, the Grizzlies for a are plays, struggling right now. By are. the way, 
Woo! If you're looking for who plays, Luca plays and Tatum plays every night. Yep. Could be a, I think could it's be mattered. It's mattered the last couple of years. And I think the narrative has been that Jokic is pulling away. I still view this as a very close race. Like one of them has a great week or two, then they could become the favorite. Mm-hmm. That, that's sure. how I look at it. But maybe everybody doesn't agree with me on that one because it seems like over the last, I don't know, a few weeks we've taken the turn like, oh, well, they just might be forced to give it to Jokic because he's been that good. But I, I still think it's an open race. Do we think head-to-head matters or is this just that we, we react in the moment? Like, is anyone going to remember this when they vote for it? Yeah, yeah. so overreaction – by whom? I agree with you that it's an overreaction to do that after sample size of one, one regular season game. But was it just the books forced to do it because there were so many bets coming in on Maybe. MB? Yeah, so they, they had to make some sort of an adjustment. And if you're going to shorten Embiid, then you've got to move Jokic because that's not fair. You can't keep him at minus 160 and then shorten Embiid as well. Speaking of reactions, it may, I'm not sure how many everyone was paying attention. It was football weekend. Do you guys see what happened on, on I think it was Saturday with the Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, the, the yeah. Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. The Reddit thread. Mm-hmm. The controversy. Yeah, so like a Reddit thread basically kind of pointed out that Jaron Jackson's stats at home, defensive stats, way crazier than on the road. And then maybe it was home cooking by the score. And then it took all these like NBA writers and people who cover the league to like go back and watch all his blocks to see – was it was it not true? And I think the more I dove into it, it seemed like maybe a couple over the course of the season, maybe three or four or five total blocks were kind of iffy, but nothing to really change his stats. But one book took down the defensive player of the year odds for a couple hours. That's how much reaction this was getting. Wild. Wow. Yeah, that is that is crazy. When I, when I first read it, I'm like, oh man, this maybe in Memphis I could possibly see it. So. You mentioned a few, and I would guess that that's the case for everybody. Every With blocks, rebounds, home games, that at, at the very least. A few doesn't sound very much uh, to me at all. But that stood out because, obviously, uh, we were talking about how that race might, might be over. That right now, Benham Jeb's the best price you can get on Jaron Jackson. He's minus 154 favorite. But next up is Nick Claxton. Then you're dropping a bam, Brooke Lopez, Giannis. Um, but wasn't that number higher on Friday on Jackson? You mean, I, so you're saying it came down a little bit from where it was maybe Friday? What are we at now? Minus 200 at MGM, somewhere around there? No, no, 154, I see. 154, okay. It may have been Seems higher. Like it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But, yeah, that was that was really interesting to see, to see that stuff pop up. So the result – the result is um, that it's much to do in about nothing. It sounds like, like it. it so far, but if it if it did show that you know the numbers were fraudulent, then what would the books would have to do something for all the people that bet on Jaron Jackson, right? It'd be a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that it'd be a mess if, yeah. if his stats weren't really. This his feels stats. unprecedented. I was at first like, "Is this real?" Well, because it's the yeah. only stat in basketball, right, that you could you could fudge. You can't fudge points. <laughs> Everyone's uh-huh. counting them. Like you, you, blocks and steals are kind of subjective. Yeah. Well, right. And, 
And then part of the reason that he was such a that he is such a heavy favorite is the on pace numbers for those numbers for those stats was like oh my god he might be do, doing something we haven't seen before. You're right. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be watching every Jaron Jackson home game from now on. And paying attention to this, we'll look forward here. Coaching carousel next year in pro football. Next on the Beck Network.